This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For weeks we've been on edge as we waited to secure safety. Now we're on edge all over again as the rebuild for next season has already begun. But without a genuine night of the realm. When I look at single single games, moments, goals, goals against in the last minutes, there's all sorts. Um, but I'll be honest, I think it'll be a time in, in, in my life, I'll be honest, um, where I'll look back and say, Mansfield Town will, will always have a special place in my heart. Yes, Samal Benning has played his last game in the Amber and Blue and departs after six seasons at the club. Tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll bid him an emotional farewell and get your reaction to the news. As one exit stage left, another moves into the spotlight as the Stags activate a clause in the contract of James Perch to see him stay until the end of next season. I think he's been outstanding in the last few months, whether he's been right back, centre half, did a bit of left back on Saturday. He's one of those characters on and off the pitch that he's just brilliant to have around and he wants to stay and he wants to be part of what we're trying to do next season. So I think he's as important as anybody. All the contracts we've done and some of the younger players, I think that's as important a one as any for next season. You just know that when you put him on the pitch, wherever you put him, he's going to perform to a certain level and that's enough for us. The position's irrelevant. We'll cast our eyes over that, and with all the detective prowess of AC12, we'll finally reveal who is H. H meaning here next year or not here next year. Poor gags about top-rated crime shows aside, we'll head into the interview room as both Nigel Clough and Samal face interrogation and ask you for your comments, observations and questions in the live feed. Despite there being just two games to go, there's a lot to talk about, so get your notepads out and get involved now on the show for the fans, by the fans. This won't tell you who H is on Line of Duty, you'll have to wait till Sunday for that, but it is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. And a very good evening, one and all, and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Great to see you again. It's been a week of uh, sad news and good news today. And the sun is still shining as well, despite the fact uh, that rain was uh, anticipated this week. It's certainly not raining on Mansfield Town. Nothing left to play for in terms of the season itself. Of course, two dead rubbers now against Oldham and Port Vale. But we'll follow the journey to the bitter end. And as always, we want your guys say in the comments, come and say hello. Uh, Any questions, observations you've got, get them in the comments now. And uh, of course... Uh, we will tr- do our best to answer them throughout the show. It's not just me, though, that's on this quest to talk all things Mansfield Town tonight. Look, I've even made notes. This is how bored I've been today. Look, I've even made notes about what's coming up on the show there. You can see 
all of that on screen. That All of that good stuff is probably not going to happen, is it? We'll just go off on a tangent. And joining me to do that is Mr. Nathan Edge and Mr. Cam Felton. He's managed to join us. Evening. How are we both? Are we well? Evening, gentlemen. Evening. Talking about going off on tangents, right? If you give me one little spoiler for Line of Duty, <laughs> I'm going to be very mad because all I've only seen episode one, right? Whoa, whoa, what? Because... I, I, I can't. Oh, I need to binge. I can't watch it and wait a week. It, it, I can't do it. So I've managed to stay away, and I'm going to binge watch it. But if I get one spoiler from you, it's going to be trouble. I can go one better. I've never seen it. What you've never oh, seen? Ser- you've never seen series six, or you've never seen any of it? Any of it. Get out. Oh, get get, get back. From get back to Hollyoaks. Yeah. Get back to Hollyoaks. It's, it's 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 shocking. Get, get back to season one and get started because yeah. you're missing out, mate. Otherwise, you might get shot like that. Oh no, I'm not going to say that. Stop let's it. let's talk all things Montreal Town. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, it doesn't look like you're on your own though, Cam, with the line of duty thing. Uh, Clive says, "What's line of du- duty?" It's the best thing that's on television, and to be honest, you know that includes Stags because we have been on television this this series. But there are more twists and turns in Line of Duty than Stags, and you know what? I never thought that possible, but it is so. Uh, let's start though, uh, Cam Felton, with the news uh, which broke yesterday and broke many a Mansfield fan's heart as well. Sir Mal Benin is exiting the building, he's leaving at the end of the season, he's played his last game for the Stags, Nigel Clough confirmed uh, today, doesn't want to risk him in training or or in matches, uh, obviously to look after him for uh, this chance of him getting a contract elsewhere at the end of the season. Um, your immediate reaction when you saw that news yesterday, that Mal Benning, uh, after six seasons at Mansfield Town, uh, was to depart, or is to depart? Uh, disappointed, because I think... We we were all hoping that he would stay, but then again, it's uh, six. Obviously, six years is a long time, and if he's if it's possible that he has got opportunities elsewhere, then then why not? He's not a guaranteed starter here anymore. And if if what um, just the chat of example uh, uh, published earlier about eight different targets, is he going to get game time next season? Is he going to be a bit bop? bit part player and is that something that he wants to do and uh, I can't imagine that he, he does, he wants to play playing regular football and he's more than capable of cutting it in League 2 so the likelihood of him being snapped up by another team in our division is, is quite high but then again there's also quite a few teams below us in, in the football pyramid in the National League that have obviously got uh, big ambitions for the next however long and, and quite a few of them have got have got the budget to be able to do it so I think if it gives us the opportunity to bring someone in um, that we can develop a little bit further someone that's a bit younger someone we can kind of mould into our own shape and, and make him our own player then great but he's going to be a, he's going to be a real ro- uh, real loss around the club just character and also football ability wise actually on the pitch what about you Nath when you saw that news uh, yesterday for me I think we've added another player to the list of players names that will get the jingle played immediately after saying them in future podcasts yeah I think so uh, yeah equally also gutted um, you know he's, he's been a, a good player for us been steady he hasn't quite hit the uh, the heights he did that season when he was scoring them volleys and uh, and you know, I felt it was probably his best season with us, which I think was under Adam Murray. If his I remember first right. season, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, and, and since then he's been he's been a steady player, and uh, obviously remembered for the goal against Chesterfield and and a few other uh, you know games like that. Um, you know, I think the last few seasons, what we've been saying certainly on the podcast um, is we felt like he could have he needed somebody else to maybe challenge him a little bit in that position, uh, which I think we might have seen a little bit more out of him. I think um, you know. Probably no, not necessarily by any fault of his own, but I guess sometimes it's been a bit of a, a comfort zone because there's not really been that you know that many players there to to challenge him as such. I know CJ did for for a while when it was sort of the left wing back sort of role, but thank you very much. Um, but no, I I think he's um you know it's maybe the timing timing is right. He's had a great six years with us. I think from what I can gather from any certain people that know him around the club. I've never ever heard a bad word said about him, so I think that's probably the biggest dis- disappointment. You know, is I think the club are losing a a good personality in that dressing yeah. room. He always seems to be a real honest and decent guy, and uh, they're the people that you normally want, you know, in, in your dressing room and around, uh, you know, around the club. So I think that's the loss for us as well. Yeah, one hundred percent for me. Obviously, you know, in in the job um, which I did, um, I knew Mal. Uh, a little bit obviously been there the longest so he, he's um, a player that I would interact with quite often on match days always had a smile on his face always took the time to speak to the kids who are mascots or you know get involved with other bits in fact only the other week he uh, took the time to do a zoom call with some of our participants and you know spoke openly about his time at the club and the difficulties that he, he, he's faced in, in certain periods with the whole with all the the racism incidents and, and things like that as well but also spoke a, a lot about the highs which was uh, quite good to see and honestly like Nathan said a really really nice bloke on and off the pitch nobody's got a bad word to say about about him and um it, it's a uh, for me, it's, it's a big, big loss to the club uh, on and off the pitch, and we wish him all the best. For those that missed it, um, here is the full statement um, from the club, which was posted yesterday, and it reads as follows. Long-serving fullback Mal Benning will leave the club at the end of the season to seek a new challenge in his career. The decision was reached amicably and mutually by both parties with plans for next season in mind. The 27-year-old will depart One Call Stadium after almost six years, during which he has earned a reputation as a fan's favourite for his dedicated performances. Mal leaves the club having amassed 251 appearances in all competitions, the 18th highest of any player in the Stags' history. In a statement, the left-back said that the club would always hold a special place in his heart and you can see uh, more of that uh, and, uh, and everything on Mal's Twitter and there's a fantastic 15 uh, minute interview with Mal uh, on I Follow Stags we'll hear a little bit uh, about from that in a little while um, uh, as well um, but also you know I think it would be really really great and will certainly be on our list of targets Nath to get on a Stag stories because I think he's got many many stories to tell uh, which deserves an episode of, it, of its own and uh, in, in some ways you know, a, a, an opportunity for a, a proper goodbye to the fans because one yeah. of the disappointing things for me is the fact that there are no fans in the ground and uh, you know, no fans to, to give him an, a, an applause or whatever, maybe to, to to see him in a warm up or whatever, and to, to say that goodbye. It's literally just job done and, and gone. Yeah, I, I was just literally about to say that. Um, that's the only you know another disappointment of of uh, of us not being there. So. We've not got an opportunity for that, you know, when it comes to that last, uh, you know, probably Saturday, really, wouldn't it have been? He probably would have gone, played played that game and uh, probably, you know, coming off as a sub and getting the standard ovation that he deserves for a service that he's given to the shirt. So, 
that you know there's that disappointment there. But saying that, I'm quite glad the club have have done it in the way they've done it. You know, it could have just been one of those where it comes to the end of the season and it's just announced on the release list and he and he just puts out a you know a, tw- a tweet and things like that and you know it's done a lot better than that. He's getting the sort of send off that he does deserve. Um, they say it's the only slight disappointment is that the fans aren't there to. You know, he's been getting plenty of messages on social media, which is great, and he mm. deserves that. But you know, it would have been nice to all be there at the ground and giving him a you know a well-deserved clap, you know, off the pitch. Um, so hopefully, if we could get him on a, on for a stag stories, that would be. I think that would be a great way of uh, sending him off as well, and you know, to get an insight into his into his uh, time with us because six years, like I say, top in the top twenty of appearances at the club. Yeah. That's a, a brilliant achievement. Um, and like I said, I think he said in his interview, the one re- regret he's, he's got is the fact that he's never been able to get promoted with us. So yeah. I think he's got a lot of sort of, he's been involved in a lot over these six years. And I think there's a lot he'd, he'd like, to, like to talk about. So yeah, it'd be great if we could. Absolutely. You so, spoke about, you know, giving him a send off there with the fans and social media comments. Let's delve into some of them, which we've got so far on the show uh, tonight. Keep them coming in throughout the show. We'll try and get through as many as we can. Uh, Phil says Samal was a top player. Um, Wayne says, evening guys, sad to hear Samal is leaving, but I think it's time for a change for both him and Staggs, but he will be welcome back anytime and will always be a Staggs legend. Uh, good luck, Samal. Martin says, best wishes, Mal. Uh, any inside information on Cluffy's new signings? He was seen scouting it in Scotland. He was just on a, on a little trip, wasn't he, uh, to, to, to have a little look at a few signings and what have you. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, no inside information uh, from me. I'm like all of you now. Um... I don't have any access to inside information. I didn't really have any anyway, but you do pick up one or two things when you're at the ground and working there on a day-to-day basis. But uh, as of next Friday, I won't be. So uh, so you can stop asking me that question for those of you that message me all the time on Twitter. Uh, Richard says, immediate reaction. Um, long overdue. Uh, should have gone two years ago. Brilliant first one and a half seasons, but never the same after the injury. Massive shame and a great servant and bloke, but not quite good enough anymore. Uh, Roger, he's been a good servant for the club, but I'm all right with him going. I think we need a freshen up at left back. Um, Clive says, Mally's a real gentleman. Sadly, his best days are behind him. Um, yeah, keep your comments uh, coming in on that. Personally, I'm, I'm disappointed um, to see him go. Um, I agree with the comments that we do need a little freshen up. We've said this a lot of the time in terms of there's not been a lot of competition in that area for a long time, um, which has been a, a difficulty. I think the difficult thing for him as well in the transition has been when he first came in, he played out and out left back. Uh, then it changed and he went to a full back when obviously Evans came in and adopted that and, and things like that. And then obviously Flickcroft developed that and took took that over further. Uh, interesting that he says uh, the the manager that he, he enjoyed working with most was was David Flickcroft and then Adam Murray as a second. Um, obviously Flickcroft, director of football at Port Vale. So uh, put your money on a potential move there. You never know. Um, uh, but again, the, he's played at left fullback and then gone back to left back this season. It's been a difficult transition, really, in some respects. And yeah, we needed a bit of a freshen up and we wish him all the best. Disappointed to see him go. Um, also disappointed to see him go on a free uh, cam. Uh, I think this time last year, if we're completely honest, we perhaps knew um, that a certain Mr. Hamilton perhaps wouldn't be with us this season. Um, and we knew he was out of contract uh, as well. But we took up the option on him, and in by doing that, we were able to cash in and get some money for him and, and get a good deal for us in terms of the future finances. A little bit disappointed that we've not done that with Mal. However, um, 
given the length of time that he's been at the club and you know the amount of games he's played for us and things like that uh, and the way he conducts himself you don't begrudge it whatsoever um you just wish him the the very 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 best it's one of those freak situations isn't it where actually letting him go on a free isn't as much of a body blow um because of the way it's been done yeah, because like Nathan said, it, it could have been done um, uh, literally on on the end of the the retained list um, in a few weeks' time, which I think could be even more disappointing because he, he does deserve re- more respect for that and credit to the club for for doing what they did and doing the interview and and the proper press release. I think it's it, it's more than what what Mal deserves and it, it's it's real testament to to what he means to uh fans of the club but also the club itself the staff and the and the board of directors and the owners the fact that they've um put time put their time into having an extra interview made having a press release done obviously john and carolyn both commented on their own social medias as well and for a for an honorary knight of the realm it's what he deserves and and he will. We always try and use the word legend a bit cautiously, but I think for what he's done for the club and especially the goal he scored, mm. I think he comes under that category. Yeah. We'll Although t- Mal, if if, if you're on. listening, if you do sign for Chesterfield or Notts County, that that night has gone. Yeah, I, I yeah, can yeah. mention it earlier that even that there are clubs at, at the lower level that have got budgets to push. Um, personally, I don't see him stepping down a level at all. Um, he'll either go to another League Two club or, or step up. He's very, for me, he's capable of playing at League One and probably should be um, now. And I think that's the direction he wants his career to go in. Uh, let's uh, hear from the man himself, though, uh, Samel. Let's get his views on his exit uh, and how that exit came about. Uh, this is uh, from his iFollow interview, uh, which he did early today. Uh, so, Samal Benning speaking on his exit to iFollow Stags. Keep your comments coming in. I feel like I need a new challenge in my career um, after six years at this great club. I've enjoyed every single minute of it, I'll be honest. There's been ups and downs, but downs, obviously everyone everyone does get down after them, but I've enjoyed every every little minute and second of it. So um, I think it's going to be best for all parties, and, and I hope um, Mansell Town all the success in the future. I think, if I'm being honest, probably a couple of weeks back, it got to a point where I thought, I just feel... Well, I think obviously I got dropped from the starting lineup when I thought I, I thought I did quite well, which was fair enough. The gaff's decision, you have to respect that. Um, and I just thought I think it got to a point where it was like I need I need a new challenge just to reignite myself really and just get that fresh fresh challenge to kind of prove myself again and hopefully get back to standards uh, I was. Obviously, when the news broke out yesterday. I had a lot of messages and I'm overwhelmed by them. Um, obviously, I will start to reply to them eventually. Um, but And I just saw all the memories flooding in, to be honest, and there's just been too many. When I look at single, single games, moments, goals, goals against in the last minutes, there's all sorts. Um, but I'll be honest, I think it would be a time in, in, in my life, I'll be honest, um, where I'll look back and say Mansell Town will, will always have a special place in my heart. Playing at um, the one call is um, incredible, especially with the fans. That's one thing I have missed is the fans. I don't, I didn't think I'd miss them as much as I have, to be honest. It's been like any, anything you do. Um, that's one thing I um, say as well. The fans have been incredible. They've been incredible to me. Um, 
away games, home games. I felt the love from them. So um, it helps you form as a player and helps you want to do well for the club. So I think playing in front of, in front of the Mantle fans is something that I'll definitely miss. Is something that I knew if I did something well in the game, I'd get a round of applause or I'd hear someone go on Mal. And you, you'll just feel that love and it'll make you want to play better the next game. So that's one thing I will miss. And it, it'll be weird to not coming to Mansfield Town next pre-season. So Mal Benning speaking about his exit on iFollow Stakes. You can watch that in full, full 15-minute video of him on there on iFollow Stakes. Last few comments uh, on uh, on that and on his departure uh, in, the, in the comments. Keep them coming in. We want to talk about James Perch as well uh, and things uh, like that. Um, Rob says not surprised he's been released far too easily beaten and set piece delivery has been poor maybe Staggs should have cashed it a couple of years ago Paul says Port Vale Gillingham uh, and Cheltenham linked with Mal uh, good luck to the lad and thank you for what you did at Mansfield uh, Simon says like most players uh, Mal's been praised and also criticised for the performances for the club but he's also been a great servant and I wish him all the best for the future Um Martin says, I think there'll be a few more surprises who gets released. Yeah, we'll come on to that later in the show. Uh, and Craig says, may have been asked, but who was the last first team regular to stay at Mansfield for six years plus? Uh, the last one I can think of would be either Christian Pierce or Alan Marriott, Nath. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Uh, you're probably looking at that. I'm not I'm trying to, I don't even know well, if it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't, made it that long. It wouldn't have been Pierce, would it? Because he arrived at the same, in the same season as Mal, didn't he? So, yeah. Uh, so I think we'll be going back. It's Alan Marriott then. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, and I guess if you're looking at outfield players, you're probably going back to the early sort of 2000s. Yeah. Well, late 2000s, where you're probably looking at those sort of Jake Buxton era. I don't, mm. He was here for, for some time. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, you're going back a while. Like I say there's only, there's only 17 above him, so... <laughs> There's not that many. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alan Marriott, for, I think, would, would be the one that's over six. Uh, the January, the first year in the conference when he signed uh, one of Holdsworth's many um, and then left at the end of the f- end of the first Football League season. So that would be, yeah, five and a half years. So, yeah, that's a, it's a good innings. But, uh, yeah, it just goes to show, though, doesn't it, Cam? Final word on Mal. Um, you know, that uh, longevity plays a, a, a very, very big part in... Uh, uh, in all the well wishes that he's had, and uh, he's always been uh, a good character. Yeah, he has. And it, one thing that springs to mind for me when talking about Mal is it, it might actually be something that's not not particularly great, but it, it was just his, his his response, and it was when we weren't doing too great. We were two nil down. We were two nil down at Bradford, I think. And someone gave him some abuse, and all he did was turn around and said, "Well, you weren't saying to that mean, uh, that to us last season." I remember you? that, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And it's just as much as people will say, "Oh, they're tolerant and and they can um, not throw abuse at players," but they are they are human and, and they do get it. But he could have gone off the rails and, and lost heart and, yeah. and not wanted to play for us anymore. But he, he wore his heart on his sleeve every game and. And played for the badge and and the team, and not not for himself. He always pushed towards the end goal, which was to to have a good position in the league. And that's what I hope most of the players saw. But you could you could tell with Mal that he really meant it. The fact that there might have been a couple of clubs in the past that come on came in for him, but he stayed loyal to the club. He tried to get to us get us to where we want to be. It's not worked out, but yeah. he's had. 
251 games with us and created some fantastic memories along the way and that's something when, as we as Mansfield fans will always be grateful for. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to other news now, then get your comments coming in on this one. If you missed it earlier on, uh, here is another club statement. Mansfield Town is delighted to activate a clause in the contract of experienced defender James Perch to extend the 35-year-old stay at the club until the summer of 2022. The versatile player has been one of the Stag's most consistent performers this season in various roles in midfield and latterly in defence. Uh, boss Nigel Clough says we're thrilled that Perch staying I think he's been outstanding in the last few months whether he's at right back centre half or left back he's one of those characters who's brilliant to have around he wants to stay and be a part of what we're trying to do next season out of all the contracts we've done this is as important as any for next season you know that wherever you put him on the pitch that he will perform to a certain level he's a great example of how to be a professional footballer to the young players here there's a reason why he's played at a higher level and that's evident with Perchie on a daily basis Clough added uh, so yeah James Perch stays until the end of next season Nath you know we've been saying it for for a couple of weeks and um, that uh, we were we knew that pretty much everybody that signed last summer, with the exception of uh, Perch and Jordan Bowery, I think we'll look more into that in a little bit, had signed two-year deals. So we knew Perch's time was up at the end of the season, and we've been saying for a long, long time we need he's one of the first ones that we need to get tied down for the next campaign. Yes, um, I mean this was something that you know we were certainly hoping for. And I kind of expected as well. I did, you know, I kind of thought the club would certainly offer him a deal, um, or I say, uh, you know, uh, activated the you know, the extension. So I certainly thought the club would be looking to do that. And I also personally think that Perch would would want to stay as well. You know, it, um, Mansfield lad come back to you know, well, not come back, but come come to play for his his hometown and um you know he's, he's had a good season and and we talk about how how well he's been in you know filling in at center back or, or right back which all started after graham cochran had left and uh it was coops who gets the credit for, for putting him there in the first place but it wasn't like he was bad in midfield either so as as uh you know Clough has said in his interviews and on the uh club statement you know he is very versatile um and it seems to be wherever you, you put him, you do get a bit of a you know, a consistent uh, and solid player there. So I think he is key in that aspect. You know, we can use him all you know in different areas of the pitch, uh, but I think it's also key that you know we we have had a bit of a sort of um, I say until Clough come in. I think he has brought in a few more experienced heads, but we do need those experienced players in there. So, and, and he, I think he's a, a big one for us. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Ollie Clark as a player. Um, I really do rate him. And I think he was a fantastic addition for us uh, in the summer camp. Uh, we always knew that he'd be appointed captain by Graham Cochrane by virtue of the fact he was skipper at, um, at Bristol Rovers' former club. But for me, um, our best leader this season throughout everything, whether he's worn the armband or not, has been James Perch. Um, recently, very much since uh, Clough has come in, whenever Clark has been absent, he has taken the armband. Um, I know it's you know it's only an armband and it's only a a a a, 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 a tick a tick box or whatever. Um, but for me, next season. I would like to see James Perch appointed as captain and, you know, the team 
pretty much built around him. I, I see his position better in defence, uh, but I think he's a natural leader, and I think he's exactly um, what we needed. And he was certainly pivotal to you know our upturning fortunes once Coughlin had uh, left the building. So for me, um, I, I'd definitely be looking at making that administrational change. Yeah, we knew he was a highly experienced player when he came in, and we thought. That we 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 as fans thought he was going to be a bit part player, but he's more than proved himself this season. See, I, I, I sorry to cut you off there. I mean, I, I'd slightly dis- disagree that I don't think we necessarily. Did. I think Graham Coughlin put that thought into our head. With we might we might only get you know ten or twenty, 20 mm. games out of him. I, I think that was more a, a Coughlin statement than our thought process. Me personally, but carry on. I mean, it's more towards the start of the season. You see that we signed Perch and yeah. And- you see his age and you think, oh, is, is he really going to do anything? You think we obviously got rid of a, a lot of the older players anyway and maybe thought, well, what's the point in bringing an older player in if we've already shipped a load out? Um, but he's improved massively since Clough took over. And I think it was maybe that bit of confidence that he instilled in him, giving him the captain's armband and... We always thought he'd, he'd play with pride for the for the shirt and the badge, but he turned into a real leader when we when we lacked guidance and um, def- second half of the season, one of our best players, I think personally, um, but extremely versatile as well. You think he gets he can play pretty much anywhere and he can be highly effective, point proven against. Um, Scunthorpe defensively absolutely solid but also chipping in at the other end as well I you think, know what go on, go on Nate sorry go on I was gonna say, you, know what, you know what sticks out a little bit about him a little bit like Mal he kind of comes across as a, a decent person um, and he's not really been at the club long enough to really be able to, to judge that fully but he comes across like a, a good professional uh, obviously he's played at a high level he hasn't come in like uh, Mr Big Bollocks like you know George, George Grant did you know none of that nonsense come in um, you know, basically said local lad wants to come and play play for the shirt. Uh, but what you say about that sort of captaincy and the leadership, I think a bit of that goes to show on um, on, on Saturday. You know, with with the incident with Faz Ross, and obviously the it was it would have been very easy to sort of forget about the keeper in that situation, who's obviously young lad come on and just that's just happened. But the one that was there, you know, supporting the keeper through it was, was James Perch and. Yes, you could say that's because he was captain, that was his job, but I think that was probably just his instinct kicking in of that yeah. ex- experienced player and that sort of leader on the pitch to think, hold on a minute, you know, you know, Faz is being seen to, you can't do much about that, but you know, there is this the other player there, this young goalkeeper who just come on, who, who also needs a, a bit of consideration, and he was the one there going to see to him. Yeah, and I think that says, says a bit about him as a person. It does, it speaks absolute volumes. We picked upon it uh, in the little mini uh, episode we did after the, after the game um, on Saturday, um, and things like that, and again, like you say, absolutely excellent a- attribute to have. Um, you've got to remember that Pardington, that was his, his league debut, um, he'd only been on the pitch for what, 10-15 minutes, and then uh, something like that happens, which could be her- an, a horrific incident, especially at the time, because you know we, we know now that obviously Faz is, is is fine, he's okay. He'll obviously miss out um, on Saturday, and we'll probably miss the the week after. To be fair, as well, we probably won't see him again this season. 
Um, and we know he's fine now and he was fine pretty much after the game as well. But in that incident, when he's, you know, when you can see all the, the oxygen being brought on, all the staff around him treating him and the game's paused for so long, as a young player, when, you know, you are not necessarily to blame, but a, a big part of that incident, that can weigh heavily on your mind. And, uh, you know, I thought that was excellent of Perch. Uh, the other thing which I was going to say was the fact that, you know, we've made a big thing of not having fans in this season. It seems to crop up in, in any in every show and in every interview that players and managers do. Um, I think one key element, uh, Cam, to the way we've uh, conducted ourselves on the pitch in the last month or so in getting safe and getting to that margin is the fact that this is James Purchase's hometown club. Um, he knows what it's like to support this club. He's got family and friends that you know bleed amber and blue. Um, and with not being able to have them in the stands cheering the boys on along with the other two, three, four thousand. He's almost taken all of those voices, all of those all of that support onto his own shoulders and channeled it through his performances. Definitely. And he's every time that he's played, he's played with with pride. And even when he's had shaky games, he's still had he's still proved where why he's here and and why he's he's such a value member of the squad and and yes he is getting on a bit but at the end of the day if you can still cut it then why shouldn't he be playing and I've got and you've got all confidence in in Nigel Clough that he will be hopefully playing a big part come next season you'd hope. Yeah, certainly so. Well, I think that's ample time now to hear from the Stags gaffer, uh, Nigel Clough. Obviously been speaking to I Follow Stags today. Uh, let's get his thoughts uh, after James Perch uh, agrees the contract extension. Here's Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. It's always nice to get the youngsters tied up uh, and uh, for next season. So uh, we're, we're thrilled that, uh, that Perch is staying. I think he's been outstanding in the last few months, uh, whether he's been right back, centre-half, did a bit of left-back on Saturday. Uh, he's one of those characters. Uh, on and off the pitch uh, it's just brilliant to have around So, uh, and he wants to stay and he wants to be part of what we're trying to do next season so I think he's as important as anybody all the contracts we've done and some of the younger players I think that's as important a one as any for next season you just know that when you put him on the pitch wherever you put him uh, he's going to perform to a certain level uh, and that's enough for us the positions are relevant he's a great example of how to be a professional footballer for all the younger players at the club and we talk about the importance of senior players and so on um, it's not just senior players it's good senior players you know and we put Stephen Quinn into that bracket and Jake Wright as well there's a reason they've played at the highest level uh, and that's apparent when you see them on a daily basis he offers us a level of competitiveness similar, similar to Stephen Quinn it hasn't dwindled despite them now being what 34, 35 that edge and that will to win uh, is still there as strong as it, I think it was when you were 18 probably even a bit stronger because when you get to that age you know you're not going to be playing for the next five years uh, and you think right this could be my last season or whatever uh, and every single game you want to win every single training session you want to win the eight sides and you want to compete uh, and that's there absolutely in abundance with, with Perchy and, and the other seniors I think because they like playing football they enjoy playing football and they want to win uh, I don't think the level they understand their age and everything uh, is that important to them uh, they're enjoying still playing football and they want to compete on a weekly basis and I would say they've been our two most consistent players in the last few months Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags early today you can watch that in full by heading across to mansfieldtown.net 
forward slash I follow to hear more from the Stags boss. Uh, obviously speaking about uh, James Perch. So let's go to some of your guys' comments then and see what you've got to say uh, about the extension of the Perch's contract. Uh, Phil says, will this be Perch's last club? You'd imagine so uh, of his age, but obviously a hometown club. I think he pretty much said when he when he first signed uh, that he wanted to see out his career here as well. Uh, Martin says, Perch, great player and bags of uh, experience for us. Happy with Perch signing, says Mark. Uh, Clive says, keeping Perch averts a search. Roger says, yes, I'm happy with Perch staying a bit longer quality player and shows it with his experience and phil says perch's homecoming will be his last club um keep your comments coming in on that uh, so we've had um nathan one outgoing confirmed um one uh staying confirmed as well um it's getting towards that time of the season where you know we're starting to think about other contracts um as well um Nigel Clough has said in his uh, press with the, the wider press today um, that they're 99% of the way there with decisions that have been made. Um, they've identified a top eight target to bring in uh, and they're also going to chat with Stephen Quinn to try and see what he wants to do at the end of the season. Uh, and They're also going to try and get two or three in early uh, and, and have made contact with all eight uh, targets to get the ball rolling. Uh, and they've also added that the midfield is not a priority. First of all, we know that the, the midfield is not a priority. He said that a number of times. Um, eight targets, do you think that'll be enough for what Clough wants to do next season? Uh, I think so, although it's hard to say at the moment because obviously we don't know how many are going to be leaving So and, and who's going to be leaving. But um, I think that's uh, you know, a, a relatively sort of good number there. Um, it will all boil down to is a bit like January, whether we secure our first targets or not. You know, that's that's the, the important factor. So time will, will tell them that and hopefully they are we are able to get some business done early. Obviously, this, this this summer transfer is a, a hell of a lot better than a January transfer to do business. So I've got a lot more faith about you know this this transfer window than than I ever do for any Jan, January transfer window. So is that bonus too. Um, and I think you know like a bit touching on a bit like you said there about the midfield. You know we do know it's strong, but I think a big part of that, uh, and I think you'll probably be certainly agreeing with this, is uh, whether we actually do manage to get Quinn or not. Because I think if we don't, he is a he is. He has become quite a big player that we would have to uh, replace. And yeah. so if we don't get him, we do certainly need to look at that area to some, get somebody with a, a similar type of player to him, a bit of experience like he brings to the team. I think that makes a big difference to the midfield. For me, Cam, there were two main targets that we needed to get secure and done. The first one we've done, uh, which is James Perch. The second uh, was getting Stephen Quinn. I don't know when his contract expires at, at burst. And if he's out of contract in the summer, great, let's get him in. Um, if he's not let's go and see what they want for him whether it's another season long loan or whether it's a, a a pay transfer i don't care we for me the the number one target to continue our development in midfield is to secure Stephen Quinn a couple of reasons the first like Nigel Clough mentioned his experience um, in, in helping the younger lads out um, especially Jason Law you saw how they two have worked together and he's developed him uh, the second um, is if you take Stephen Quinn out of the equation for our midfield, then we need to go and buy two midfielders because he's 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 too good. He he is the for me he holds that midfield together. Him and George Lapsley are the two uh, two key players in that. Without either, we're in trouble. So for me, get on the blower, get Stephen Quinn in. I'll even go and pick him up if needed. 
Yeah, because he he's been a great addition since since January, and he really has fit in uh, quite well. And I think he does add uh, something extra to the more the defensive side of the midfield, just adding a bit more stability. Because when we when we do play, um, just an example as a diamond, um, we're very very forward heavy. If that makes sense, very. Like we yeah. get, um, obviously, George Lapsley, fantastic attacking player, as is uh, Harry Chargely, uh, Charlesley, George Maris, uh, Jason Law. If you play, play him in behind the strikers, um, Ollie Clark can also be up there as well. Defensively, also quite good. But then again, you've also got um, the defensive side of Clark, but you also got Cock, uh, McLaughlin. So the balance is is there if it stays as it is. But if we lose Quinn, it, it our midfield loses its flexibility. We can't change things. We're very much stuck in a a single way of playing. And whenever we have had him, we've always either had that option off the bench extra when we need it, but also um, a good I'd say a good leader on the field as well. He he's been fantastic with the younger players when they have played and. Obviously, on and off the pitch, he's been very good. Absolutely. So that's three players we've identified, we've spoken about. Mal, uh, Perch and Quinn. Time now for a brand new feature. 24 professional footballers. A manager with ambitions and fans with just one question. Deal or no deal? Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, no way related to any Channel 4 show from the mid-noughties. We've got X amount of players that we need to decide on futures for. We've said all along, Nathan Edge, that if you're in contract or not, that does not matter. Since we were safe, every player was playing for their future and I still think that's a strong one. Um, first and foremost, what do you make of the jingle? Oh, I love it. You you know I, I love a good jingle. Uh, we've got we've had some questionable ones on this show over the years. Don't know what you mean. But uh, yeah, I, I, I quite like that one. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm gonna... if you did, Robert. Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I'm going to put on screen now uh, the up-to-date up uh, contract list uh, to go through. So you might want to get a pen and paper at home um, because I'm going to be asking you, we want your, your um, thoughts as well, uh, on a couple of things. Uh, the first one is... Uh, of those whose contract expire at the end of this season, who would you like to retain and keep for next season? And who would you like to release? Um, the second part is of those who are in contract already for next season, who would you like to see put on the transfer list and moved on to Pastures New? Because there are a few names on there. And then the third part of it is who would you like to see develop? I've already made my list. I'll go through it in a second. But first, let me bring you up to date with the uh, the the transfer and the contract situation as it is. Um, so let's have a little look at this. So in contract, uh, for uh, out of contract, sorry, at the end of the season, obviously, as we know, Samuel Benning is leaving the building. Um, contract expires. All of this, by the way, is uh, data found on transfermarket.co.uk and through extensive 
ish research through the club websites. Um, so here's who's out of contract from our research uh, in the summer. So as we know, uh, Mal Benning leaving, also out of contract, Ryan Sweeney, Jordan Bowery, Andy Cook, who's obviously on loan at Bradford at the moment, uh, Joe Riley, who's been out injured all season, Steve McLaughlin, youngster James Clark, uh, Nicky Maynard, who obviously at Newport on loan at the moment, uh, Jake Wright, the defender who we signed on a short-term deal, also midfielder Keaton Ward, the youngster who we signed on a short-term deal, uh, Jaden Charles, who we yet to see play for the Stags but may well do in the last two games of the season now. Uh, his deal's also up. Uh, Jimmy Knowles, who's obviously on loan at Notts County for the season. His deal is apparently up at the end of the season. And goalkeeper Aidan Stone also, uh, according to uh, research, is out of contract in uh, the summer. Those who are out of contract uh, at the end of next season. Uh, Marek Steck, Corey O'Keefe, Roland Menayese, Farron Rawson, Harry Charlesley. Ollie Clark, George Maris, Aaron O'Driscoll, Jamie Reid, Tyree Sinclair, Jason Law, and following the clause being activated early today, James Perch. In contract until 2023, Kellen Gordon and George Lapsley. Um, for me, Nathan Age, there are a couple of uh, concerns on the expiry list, due to expire list. Uh, first and foremost, Ryan Sweeney. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know. Uh, we're, we're probably going to get a little bit uh, abuse from in the comments here, but simply because he probably hasn't had the best of seasons that we know we you know we can have. But the fact that he's still young, uh, I mean, I, I still can't believe we managed to get him in on a, on a three on a, on a three. Sorry, so um, I think he's still got a lot of developing developing to do. And uh, just because he's had a, a bad season, well, well, I wouldn't say bad, you know, below par season this year, doesn't make him a bad player. You know, his most players have had a bad bad season this yeah. year so I think there's a lot more to come from him so if we I'd be very good if we it kind of this kind of makes me think back to sort of um, Reese Bennett or Ryan Tafazoli you know those sort of players that I don't want us to see those contracts just run up run up and then then go on a free yeah. somewhere else when actually it's a different story if a bigger comes, club comes in for him and, and they offer money and and then the deal and things like that. That's, that's different. You don't want to step in front, you know, in, in the way of a player then. But on a free, I'd be very disappointed to go because I think he's, first of all, wanting to see him here. But if not, I certainly think he's worth value to the club. Yeah. Can we just add one little thing on that as well, Cam? You know, we spoke a little bit earlier about Mal having to change positions in the last few seasons. It's, it's no different for Ryan Sweeney he, either. When he first came in on loan from Stoke, obviously under Flickcroft, we were playing three centre-halves and he was playing left side of that. Um... Again, we stuck with that system last season for for the for the most part, and he was shifted between left side centre half and right side centre half when when Cochran came in. He wanted to to balance it, and then this season, especially you know since uh, October November time, we've gone with a flat back four. And for anybody think anybody that thinks that the two formations and playing it in that are the same. Absolutely wrong. Left side centre half in a back three and cent and central defence in a back four. Two completely different playing styles and positions. And as a young defender, um, you know he, he's had to transition with that whilst coping with the fact that you know we're not doing very very well in the league. And sometimes those inaccuracies and those performances and those errors are highlighted more because of that. 
Well, yeah, and you think it's been more than just this last season where it's been moved around a bit, obviously, the season before. Still trying to play the same way or, or trying to play a similar way to what they, they, they had done under Dave. And it, it just didn't work under um, Glover and Dempster. Obviously, Cochran comes in and shakes it up completely. Every, everyone's gone and we're playing new football and it, it is pretty, pretty awful. And it's quite clear that the players aren't enjoying it. And you think a couple of these players that you're thinking are absolutely brilliant haven't been the same players for the last two seasons. I think, yeah, they've done all right, but they're not the players that we know they can be. They've been a little bit more, been able to show a little bit more potential and what they're actually capable of under under Clough. But is it is it enough that the Clough has seen something in them? Is he going to be in his plans has he got someone else lined up you'd think if he has got eight targets and he's going for eight is it eight that he wants or is it eight um players he's got his eye on possibly pick six yeah i I, I think i think there'll be i think there'll be eight coming in definitely but i think in terms needs maybe yeah i I think I, i think it's not necessarily eight starters I think it's you're going to be looking at maybe five starters and then three squad builders, you know, players who can add to the squad and give different options. And um, for me, we do need a centre-half. I, I'm not going to deny that. We do need some experience at the back there. We've, we've said this all season, uh, but I want to see... The next news article that I see from the club, I, I need... I want to see it saying Sweeney contract extended because a couple of reasons... First and foremost, like Nathan said, um, the bit of transfer dealing we did to get him from Stoke was magnificent for how he was performing at the time. Really good lad on and off the pitch as well. Got a lot of time for him. Um, But secondly, I actually do genuinely believe that under the likes of Nigel Clough, um, Andy Garner uh, and the assistant manager Gary Crosby as well, and his coaching team, I really do think that given a pre-season and given a more experienced centre-half to battle with him and to train with, etc., I think Sweeney can become a really, really good player. And I think what will be interesting for me, Nath, is to see what happens on Saturday. We know Rawson's not going to be involved. Um, I Personally, I, I predict it will be Perch and Sweeney at centre-half. Yeah, uh, maybe. Or whether we might see Jake Wright actually get a proper game as well. There's, there's that. He, he may be put in there too but the fact that we know that he's going to want to give Kellen a run out again yeah um we we expect him to go back to to right back unless he is pushed up further to pitch which I don't think anyone would be upset about that's also a, a good move but let's just say for argument's sake he goes back to right back where he has usually been you still expect Perch to play so you think he'll come into to center back so then it'll be a question of uh is it going to be maybe Sweeney partner him or or, or is right going to come in if, uh, if if Wright comes in, I think uh, we might be worried a little even more so yeah. about potentially is, is Sweeney going. So that'll be very interesting when we do see that team team lineup, especially if uh, Sweeney hasn't signed before then. But one of the things that you know I think Cam sort of may, sort of maybe mentioned there a little bit is the the issue is has you know we we just said that maybe the last two seasons Sweeney hasn't necessarily been the player that we know he can be. So the problem is is Clough aware of what he was like when he first came into a club does he know that there is more to come yeah. from from Sweeney you know if if he is out of form a little bit 
is uh, you know we talk about us, us as fans maybe wanting to keep him, but obviously inevitably the decision isn't down to us. Um, yeah. So has he done enough maybe to to keep the shirt for club? I'd still for, for club. I'd still say I hope he has over what he's shown this season but you do wonder don't you yeah absolutely keep your comments coming in Callum says sad to see Mal go but I guess everyone has to leave uh, sometime and move on would be lovely to see him uh, playing the yellow once more time uh, just one more screamer uh, on other players uh, AJ says give Bowery a deal and that's it O'Keefe will more than likely leave uh, Matt says Maynard and Cook out straight away Craig uh, M- uh, essay and Steck possible as well yeah absolutely uh, agree with that um Cooks, uh, I think, out of contract in the summer. Um, maybe we might have an option on him. Again, we debate it every single time. Personally, I'd like to see him stick around, but half a season, Andy Cook probably won't want a third shot at uh, a third half a season. Uh, Mark says, ah, Sweeney will go, in my opinion. Phil says, Reed, no deal. Uh, AJ agrees, hope Reed leaves. Uh, Phil says, Reed, no deal. Uh, Peter says, Stone, deal. Uh, AJ says Clough has said that he's 99% done uh, with contracts now. I would assume most will go. Uh, Phil says uh, Cloughy should know what he wants. Uh, Stephen says under Cochrane we didn't play any football at all. Yeah, absolutely uh, right. Uh, Phil says uh, Cloughy should know what he's doing and, and who he wants. Uh, and Martin says Cloughy probably the best manager in recent times with great contacts in the game and he's well respected yeah absolutely uh, time now though uh, to actually go through this properly um, I'm going to be asking you I'm going to be basically going through every single player um, and uh, asking you for, for one for one word deal or no deal um, so basically for the first lot of players those who were out of contract in uh, the end of the season it's as simple as that a new deal or release them and then for those that are in contract it's a deal as in they stay at the club or no deal as in they move onto the transfer list so just because Nathan loves it so much it's time to play our brand new game not inspired by any Channel 4 show from the mid noughties 24 professional footballers a manager with ambitions and fans with just one question deal or no deal This is the game of Deal or No Deal. I'm going to read a player's name out and I'm going to be asking Nathan and Cam for one word or one answer. Deal or No Deal. We'll hyphenate the No Deal so it still sticks as one word. Don't ask. And we'll start with Cam Felton on the following name. I'm going to go Cam then Nathan every single time. You you get that? Yep. Okay. First name, Ryan Sweeney. Deal or No Deal? Deal. Deal. Jordan Bowery, deal or no deal? Deal. Deal. Andy Cook. Deal. No deal. Joe Riley. No deal. No deal. Stephen McLaughlin. Deal. No deal. Obviously. James Clark. Deal. Deal. Nicky Maynard. No deal. No deal. Jake Wright. Deal. No deal. Keaton Ward. Deal. Deal. Jimmy Knowles. Deal. Deal. Aidan Stone. Deal. Move on. No deal. Deal. 
Joke. Uh, Jaden Charles. Uh, deal. Uh, can I decide in two weeks? <laughs> Absolutely. Can't even talk about <laughs> that one. Never seen him play. Ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, right, for um, purposes of clarity, this time round, deal means they remain at the club. No deal means transfer list. Avanti. We'll start, this time we'll go the opposite way. We'll go Nathan and then Cam. And we'll start with Marek Steck. No deal. Deal. Corey O'Keefe. Personally, deal, but it's going to be an no deal, I think. Deal. Rolling many essay. No deal. No deal. Farron Rawson. Deal. <laughs> My dad just shouted no deal at Farron <laughs> Rawson. Uh, Harry Charlesley. Deal. Deal. Ollie Clark. No deal. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> Cam? Really? Uh, definitely deal. George Maris. Deal. Cam? Deal. Yeah, deal. Kellen Gordon. Deal. Deal. Aaron O'Driscoll. No deal. No deal. Jamie Reed. No deal. No deal. Tyrese Sinclair. Deal. Deal. Jason Law. Deal. Deal. George Lapsley. Absolutely deal. <laughs> Is it worth asking? <laughs> well, yeah, because that's the point of the feature, you <laughs> moron. Deal. I mean, is, it, is there any point in asking about someone like George Lapsley whether he should stay? Yes! It's the point of the feature! <laughs> and finally, James Perch. Deal. <laughs> the banker is on the phone. He's speaking to Nigel Clough. All will be revealed in about two and a bit weeks. This is Mansfield Town's Deal or No Deal. Now, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the research for this, oh, Cam's written his list out. Look at that. I mean, handwritten list and this, everything. This is the original list when we were talking about it a while ago. Okay, so you've kept it when we were talking about it in January. Yes. Okay, now we'll come back to that in a second because I want to see if anything's changed. Um, however, when I uh, wrote the players, do, doing the research of the players, I did write a little bit of a list, um, as you can see uh, here. Um, and I did... I'm going to go through a couple. Uh, go through what I put on my list. Uh, I'm going to do it basically by squad number order, um, and and say uh, and say mine. Uh, so for me, uh, Marek Steck's no deal transfer list. Corey O'Keefe no deal transfer list. Um, I wrote this before Mal put on his uh, that he was leaving, and I put um, deal. Uh, obviously, he's leaving. Uh, Rolling Menny S8 transfer list. So no deal. Ryan Sweeney uh, deal. Uh, Farron Rawson and Harry Charlesley and Ollie Clark. Um, I've not put anything next to them. Uh, George Maris, I haven't. 
uh, Jamie Reid I haven't, Tyree Sinclair I haven't, uh, and George Lapsley I haven't, so that meant uh, deal, um, and that may surprise you with a Farron Rawson one, um, I expect shouting in the next couple of minutes, um, where did I get to, Jordan Bowery, uh, deal for me, Andy Cook, no deal, um, James, oh, per- right. James Perch, deal, I know, which I just couldn't see it happening, uh, Aaron O'Driscoll, um, I put deal for on the condition of develop. I forgot to add the, the develop option in. Um, same with James Clark. Uh, same with Keaton Ward. Um, and uh, and then obviously uh, Jimmy Knowles. And then obviously uh, Aidan Stone was deal as well. Um, I would like. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of O'Driscoll, but I don't think we we will. I think. I think he could be one to develop, but that's another conversation for, uh, for another day because I'm more interested to go to Cam's list. Um, go through it then. Just take us through um, that list of what we had um, in January time then and, uh, and, how that has, and how that has changed. I don't know uh, what we're doing. This is... It's interesting. Um, unanimously, we've got a lot of... Um, there's a couple where I'm thinking I'm not particularly sure of who said what, but Marek Steck, keep. Uh, Corey O'Keefe, keep. Mal, keep. Uh, Mani SA, keep. When the hell was this? <laughs> no idea. This has, got to have, this has got to have been December. This yeah. must have been early on. Just before January, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Sweeney, keep. Uh, Faz, it says keep sell loan. I think I was on the keep. Craig was on the sell. <laughs> on the loan. Yeah, sounds about. Yeah, right. sounds about right. I mean, that's still probably accurate now. To be fair. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Harry Charles the keep. James. Uh, no, that's Ollie Clark keep. Maris keep. Cook sell rather keep. I think that was a unanimous decision. Yeah. Gordon keep. Perch keep. O'Driscoll. Oh, interestingly enough, it does say develop. Well, there you go. We got one right. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Riley, sell, bring back white. <laughs> uh, uh, Reed was loan slash sell. Um, McLaughlin, keep. James Clark, keep. Maynard was keep, keep, sell. I, know, I, I definitely know who said sell. Hi, yeah. guys. That was me. <laughs> that was me, and I stick by it. Uh, Sinclair, Lapsley, and Stone, or keep. Mm, interesting ones. Um, I'm going to pick you up on something though, Cam. Um, in the original Deal or No Deal run, um, before they changed it to 23 boxes, um, you said, Ollie Clark, no deal. Interesting. Now, I said at the top of the show, or when we were talking about James Perch, that I rated him, but I didn't want him as captain, that I wanted Perch as captain. Is that. That was, that, me, that was what, Nate? Sorry? It was me that said no deal to Clark. I'll say it weren't was me. It? I want Clark. No, Cam got Cam got very very upset. Oh, I thought I thought it was Cam. I was about to jump. I was, I was about to argue with Cam, but all right, I'll argue with you. Um, <laughs> why? Oh, the, the the show was getting a bit stale. I need a bit of controversy. But oh, fair enough. Um, so you you say no, you did it, it for really, content. No. <laughs> oh, I was going to say if you're doing it for content. That, but... Some re- right, I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously it's not it's not in the world. If you just come, I just got this feeling that he's a Graham Cochran player, yeah. and he came to play for Graham Cochran and I just don't at the moment for some reason I just don't see him as a Mansfield Town player it, it's very odd and I don't know if it's because obviously he's not really been a part 
you know played that well in the last half of the season or or what I'm not sure uh, I know he we he, you know there's been points throughout the season where he has played well certainly the first half of the season you know some of the games he was he was superb but he has dropped off a lot and I'm just putting the link that it's since Coughlin's left and I'm just wondering whether you know we said about him moving here about you know it's been so long at Bristol. It's a big move for him to come up here, so and so on and so on. I don't know. I just get this sense that he might not be settling here. Yeah, I could be completely wrong, but that's just my gut feeling. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I agree. I think there is something in that. Um, I completely stand by what I said. I think he's a good player, and he's got absolutely um, the ability to be part of where we want to go and what we want to do. But I don't think he's our leader. And this might be a bit harsh, but for me, the standard of being a central midfielder and captain of Mansfield Town is ridiculously high for one name and one name only, Adam Murray. I will always set my captain standards by that. He would run through brick walls for you with two broken legs. He would play on two broken legs and still be the best player on the pitch. Any captain that plays in central midfield has to live up to the Adam Murray standard. And for me, Clark doesn't do it. And I honestly do think, and I sort of said it at the time, at the start of the season, when we were talking about captaincy, it was purely on the f- based on the fact that Coughlin wanted somebody that he'd worked with before to run his dressing room, considering the changing players and things like that. And um, for me, I want him in the building. I want him as part of our team. But I think that responsibility of being club captain and, and team captain needs to be taken away from him to allow him to develop and settle. There is a massive, massive thing in moving area at, at his age. Um, he spent so long at Bristol Rovers at one club. It was a massive, massive decision for him to leave in the summer and move up to um, up to Mansfield and relocate his entire life. That's a very difficult thing Um to to do and to ponder I've been in that position myself of you know looking to uproot my life and change jobs and things like that and decided not to do it at the time Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure when you become captain and and things like that so um, I do agree slightly that maybe he's not a Mansfield he's not a Clough player yet he's not brought into where we where we are but I'd like to see him develop but just have that responsibility taken off him and just give it to to Perch because for all the reasons which we said earlier. I was putting that to Nathan, by the way, if you were wondering. Okay. Seen as it was your um, argument. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, Yeah, it's... You you say we talk about, obviously, the move up here. There was sort of um, basically two familiarities when he came up here. One being the, the management well the management sort of staff I guess yeah Coughlin and the Joe Dunn you know, and the, yeah um, I'll help you out because I could tell you couldn't remember it well I was going to go for the whole coaching staff really oh go on then go on I've, I've got time I've got time list them off go on <laughs> yeah old Bob and Keith yeah they, they were good as well <laughs> um, but and, and the only other one was was, was rolling many essay and, and we he's very likely he's going to be out of the building as well very soon so well, and it certainly has been for the second half of the season so mm. I don't know. That's that's just my gut feeling. Maybe you know. Um... Same with O'Keefe as well. Actually, even though he didn't play with him before, it was definitely a Cochrane signing and, and one which Clough has not looked into. Yeah, it just 
you, you've maybe got something there about the whole... Like we, we said when he signed, it was obvious he was going to be the captain because he was at Bristol Rovers. But let's not forget, he was only captain at Bristol Rovers under Graham Cochran. He wasn't before that. So I think he was. It was. I'm sure I, was, I, I remember know. reading from Bristol Rovers fans saying he wasn't. But, okay. So I, might I don't know. I might be wrong. One of us is wrong. It probably is yeah, me. Well, yeah, we've got to be. So I'm sure I remember reading that, but obviously could be wrong. But but either way, it was, it was obvious just because of it made sense for yeah. Cochrane to do that. We brought him in. Basically, it's pretty much his main signing as well, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so it was inevitable. But like you say, whether we'd get a little bit more from him or to take a little bit of pressure away, um, it, it would make sense into going into next season for somebody like James Perch, for example, who we've just you know, done a whole segment of the show about. He's, he's Mansfield, sort of mm. born and bred. He's, he's here to play for the, for the club and, and, and in some ways bleeds amber and blue so I just think that fits our sort of club personality right now if that makes sense absolutely uh, final couple of comments on uh, deals and things like that um, Donna says uh, Sweeney deal uh, Clive says Faz Rawson player of the season give him a three year deal Uh <laughs> Paul says, my wife says, Jordan Bowery, no deal. Uh, Clive says, Clark is a bit of a loose cannon. And Phil says, we need at least two 20-plus goal-scoring players. Yeah, um, I'm sure we will touch upon that more and more um, as uh, the podcasts go on. That's nearly all we've got time for. However, um, it's also not because we're going to move to more off-field uh, matters now uh, in terms of... Uh, what's going to be happening uh, this weekend? And it's one which Nathan, you wanted to to you know spend a, a bit of time talking about, isn't it? And it's the fact that um, from uh, Friday, uh, three o'clock on Friday afternoon to um, uh, to Monday, um, there will be a social media blackout from uh, pretty much every single club um, up and down the football pyramid. Yeah, um, obviously, as a, as a as a podcast, we we obviously go. This season, we've done it for every game so far, gone gone live before and afterwards, uh, pre-match and post, post-match. post So we obviously did have a, a little team meeting. By that, we mean just a few messages in our Facebook Messenger group. Basically, just between um, me and you, I don't think Cam even answered. I think Hollyoaks was I don't on think that he point. even put, yeah, put, his, put his vote forward, did he? Um, obviously, we discussed of what we should do as, as a podcast. Um, and... I don't know. It's 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 a difficult one because quite clearly there's an issue out there, and I think you know Mal highlighted it a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? On on the the thing he did with you uh, with with work, um, so there, there is an issue, uh, a wider issue, not just with involving our players, but in football in general and and in in the world actually, not just in football, just in social media as a whole. Um, so you kind of understand why the club are. The, the, well, the club, the EFL are taking a, a stance on it, but I can't, I just don't get, I don't, for me, I don't see that it's going to change anything. It's it's, it's punishing the, few, the the many because of actions of a few. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to, it's not going to stop it. It'll continue when they get back. I think it's more important for, I think for the issue to be, to be discussed more, to be not just blanked out and ignored and sort of stop it from happening in that aspect. I think it needs to be addressed and, something more practical needs to be done because that's not going to change anything just doing it for a weekend. So bottom line is I think for us, I, I think we should go ahead and and address the issue. Like yeah. I think everyone should be doing. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I'll say this now, we will not be taking part in the blackout over the weekend. We will still be doing the shows as normal. Um, for, the, for the reason that 
there are I think you know if we were if fans were allowed in stadiums and things like that I think we probably would have just taken part in it and what have you but social media has been uh, what's connected everybody this season and I think by doing this blackout I understand the reasons behind it and completely agree that action does need to be taken on it but I think like Nathan says I, I think there's a wider discussion to be had and I think there are other ways in which um a united front against online abuse um could be handled and could be um and and could be done um i completely understand if people are going to take part in it and obviously don't watch the show and don't participate in it that's everybody's free choice but for us it unites us as a three us as a friendship group but also unites uh, i know for a fact has united other fans this year and social media shouldn't uh, for me i think this says that all social media is bad it's all negative it's all it, it's all lean towards being abusive and all, all of this. For me, it, the conversation needs to be had about it being a positive place um, to be as well. And I think um, that's um, I think that's the uh, you know I think that's what it is. Um, but definitely, there needs to be um, another conversation happening um, about it and things like that. And uh, it needs to be looked in, looked into another way, mainly by calling people out. Those, you know, not letting those abusers get away with it. More police power, more, um, more sanctions for those who are, are tweeting the um, online uh, abuse. Let me make this absolutely abundantly clear: by me saying and us saying as a group that we're not going to be taking part in the boycott, doesn't mean that we're against it. Absolutely not. Anybody that thinks that that's what we're saying. Go and give your head a shake because it's not. All we're saying is that we won't be taking part in it because for us, social media is a positive place and it is um, a place which unites us and brings us together. And that's the only reason why we won't be taking part in it is because it unites, it, it's united us and it's given us a place to, to talk and interact with other people. But we are 100% um, behind uh, the movement and the fact that action needs to be taken and I think um, Cam especially you know uh, we, we've had conversations and things like that as well about online abuse and, and, and things like that as, as well um, and in fact when you first started out um, with me when you were at the, the radio station and learning one of the first things that I spoke to you about was how to handle yourself on social media and I think you know you will have learned lessons from that as, as you grew up and I think without being discriminative i think it's a lot aimed towards the younger age group who do need to understand about how it how social media needs to be used in a positive way and not hide behind a keyboard yeah but i also think it, it it's tolerances that people need to be taught when they're younger so if you're the sort of person that's only just getting onto social media so you're like well it's supposed to be 13 for Facebook. If you, you get Facebook when you're like 9 or 10, most people. Which is ridiculous. Which is, firstly, is ridiculous, but it's also breaking the rules. But it's something that parents should be teaching kids because you see the amount of abuse that's targeted at people and then it comes out that it's like 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids that are doing it. And I think that's the most damaging thing about this whole situation is that they're going to 
feel and and see that this is like the right thing to do when it's quite quite blatantly not but there's not there's no sort of like there's no pushback against it there's no no consequences because at that age what are you supposed to do it's a slap on the wrist don't do it again I think that's I think that's where the argument comes in, Nath, isn't it? It's it's not the fact that we don't agree with it. It's the fact that there are more conversations which need to be had about yeah. the tougher sanctions, because yeah, all all three of us on here will have been subject to online abuse at some point. Yeah, there's no repercussions. So, you know, that's 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 then that's the problem. Um, you know, it's 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 very if if those sort of if a lot of these things are set out in the street, that would be classed as a you know. A, as a, as a hate crime, you know, a criminal offence, and it would be dealt with. I mean, there's different arguments about how how strictly that, you know, the punishments are for that. That's that's another thing. But for some reason, when it when it comes to online, it's too easy to to hide behind that behind a an anonymous account. Basically, you know, most of us who you know use the internet honestly will use our own names and things like that. So. You say that's that's obviously more identifiable. You know how easy it, is, it would be to go and put out a different name and all sorts of things like that. And when you get to the likes of Twitter, you obviously have you know uh, any sort of name. You don't actually have to put your name. You can put your own usernames and stuff. So that's completely again even easier to hide behind fake identities, hidden identities, and things like that. So there's it's so easy to to hide from any repercussions that aren't really even enforced at the moment. So I think first of all the attitude needs to change in in how it's policed. So whether the social media companies take even more responsibility, which I think they absolutely need to do. Um, you know, this is their platforms. They need to, they, they, they make millions on all the advertisement, things like that. They can, from my, from mm. my point of view, afford to put some sort of policing in, 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 in place for their platforms itself. Um, but then I, I think there has to be another level of security as well. And, um, you know, I think most people are for, are for an idea of, of, of IDs being used for, for social media. They have to be some way of linking whatever accounts are made back to an individual because at the moment they can hide behind proxies, they can hide behind fake names, all sorts of things. It's, it's too easy. It's too easy to get away with. And unfortunately, we are, well, so unfortunately, it's fortunate in some ways and unfortunate in other ways. We are absolutely a digital age now and um, life on the online is as much as life in, in real life so it needs to be needs to be pleased i just yeah. want to add something to that as well if you see uh abusive comments online please report them if, especially if it's football related and it's, it's directly at a player and it is um if it's if it's light-hearted banter then it, it can be well therein lies the problem so, so, sorry yeah. sorry to cut you off therein lies the problem the, the, that sometimes a tweet can be when we say something out loud the tone of our voice nine times out of ten will tell you whether it's banter sarcasm a joke or whatever but when it's written down it's all down to the way the person on the receiving end or the person looking at it um perceives it and i think that's the problem it's educating people to think about what they're saying and think about what they're um, you know what they're tagging in and, and who what they're commenting on and, and things like that. I think it's the way in which social media is used, and I also think there needs to be some sort of education um, for players to understand. Um, you know, like Nigel Clough said earlier. You know, journalists were trying to get Nigel Clough to talk about it. Well, he doesn't use social media, so he, he, 
for him, he doesn't understand it, he doesn't get it. Whereas somebody that's a younger player that might get messaged before a game or after a game or, or whatever, you know, you see players straight on the phone sometimes after the game, um, you know, tweeting or whatever. There was instances with Premier League footballers and, and things like that recently as well. There needs to be an education from that point of view in terms of what they're doing and they need to think about the times they're doing it and football clubs managers need to think about like imposing phone bans and things like that to get them away from that it's just the education around it which needs to to be done but I absolutely agree if you do see something online like you, you're saying cam you know don't be afraid to call it out don't be afraid to to report it i will say this um we do a live show every single week and have done for the past three four seasons and some of the comments sometimes I look at and think, wow. And I will sit here and I will report it if it is of a nature which is um, discriminative or racist or abusive. I will report it and I will ban it. We do take a proactive stance um, on that. If it's a discussion point, we'll happily have the discussion. But we proactively will ban comments of that nature. And I have done plenty of times... Um, in the past, I've also had those people message me saying, "You you just don't like me. You're just not letting my comment come across." But it's because of the way you're doing it, and because it started an argument in the comments, it started a heated discussion, which completely takes away from the point of us being here. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does, and I think uh, personally, uh, this is something I want to say as well. Last year, I was um, subject to some quite vile abuse purely based on my political views and I know this isn't something we talk about a lot on we try and stay away from politics but politics are the politics at the end of the day and it's somebody else's view but the fact is I reported that and that account got banned for a number of weeks but I think what made it worse for me is that someone that I thought was a very good family friend actually said that that abuse was acceptable and this person with I thought was quite a good person nurse at the nhs and she just said that i deserved it and i think that's quite possibly the worst thing out of this whole situation the abuse it it, it upset me but i think that the tolerance that some people have purely based on because what they've said is um what they believe like it's along the same lines as them because they don't like me for example i think that's just as bad and, and vice versa like mal benning being one got racially abused last season from a Chesterfield fan mm. purely because he was a Mansfield player. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's right. Whether it's your beliefs or not, you can't say to someone, your beliefs are wrong, you're a such and such and a such and such. Because, uh, and and then people justifying it, it's, it's not right. It needs to be, even if that abuse is like what you might want to say, but you don't want to say it, you've still got to report it because you might be reading that and thinking, oh, that's absolutely harmless. But the person on the other end is thinking, that's awful. I, I feel terrible. The problem, the problem is, yes, absolutely, everything does need reporting. But the issue is it, it needs to become, something needs to be done about the stage before that, before that comment's even posted, you know. Um, and it's like, like you said earlier, Craig, it's, in some ways education has to play a part that's for sure 
Uh, but that, that deterrent also has to be a part to make people sit and think before they actually send that post or whatever. Um, one, how is it coming across? Two, how is it going to be received on the other end and how is it going to affect that person? Because, yes, we can ban it, but then sometimes the damage is already done. You know, you, you talk about, you know, again, we used the, the example there with Mal, but there's, there's, there'll be thousands of other examples across the country. By by the time they've read that comment, that's already had that effect on that person. They can ban it. You know, they can... Uh, block it and report it as much as they want which I, they have to do of course but unfortunately the damage is already done there so something needs to be done to try and prevent that from happening and this is you know you're just saying there about football players needing a bit of support with that if I was a football player certainly a professional player and you know where you're going to have quite a lot of uh, thousands of people sort of watching you week in week out never in this world would I have a social media account no chance because you, you, we know how um, sort of emotions can get can get involved with football. You know, we, we do it ourselves as well. But um, some for some reason, some people feel the need to actually message the players directly about it or tweet them directly. And I, I think that's always crossing the line. But a lot of people do it. You see it all the time. Um, and that that's obviously no matter who they are, no matter as strong as what people say they might try and put themselves out to be, that's going to have an effect on them. Um, and that's that's what's sad because we we look at the the positives that for us at us three we've said like certainly this season we've not been able to go to games what what positives this platform's actually provided by having Facebook Live and things like that to do these sort of shows um, you know it's been incredible for us so there's there's a lot of good that can come come out of social social media it's just sad that I'm I feel I'd, I'm saying that if I was a player I wouldn't have it because you know what. What basically you're setting yourself up for with 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 a, unfortunately there's some of the stuff that's allowed to happen out there. Yeah, uh, that's that's the worst thing I know uh, for for a fact that this season and in previous seasons it's not just the players themselves that receive abusive messages or met- or, or 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 messages from fans or aggrieved fans or whatever. It can be the family, the parents, the the partners, whatever as well and. There's just absolutely no need for it. There needs to be, like Nathan says, there needs to be something in place before it gets sent. For me, a lot of it goes down to uh, that accountability. I'm going to use a, a wild example here. Um, there's a TV program on MTV called Catfish and Catfish UK, which is basically about online dating and people creating fake profiles to um, to talk to other people and. Uh, they think they're one talking to one person. It actually turns out to be somebody else or, or whatever nine times out of ten. It's just absolutely plain wrong. And the point of that show is to hold the people that are behind it accountable and get them to ask, uh, to answer the questions of why are you doing this? Why are you ruining this person's life? Why are you making, going down that road? Um, and I think more needs to be done in that. I saw a great example on Twitter the other day um, or was it Instagram? I think it might have been Instagram. Um, from Kevin Ellison, um, the Newport player, ex um, Morecambe as well, received some online abuse and he screenshotted it and called him out. I thought that was great. We need more of that. We need more players calling people out, holding people to account. But we also need more done to make put sanctions in place and to make these people accountable. And I really do truly hope that this blackout this weekend does go a little way to starting the ball rolling on that, but it has to be a wider debate. It can't just be a one weekend thing, um, and it can't 
be looked at as a thing of we're cutting fans off because that is not what we want it to do and that's why that's the primary reason why we're carrying on and, and, and doing the show as, as we usually would do um, but like I say we are fully behind it and hope it, it, it gets on it just needs to be an education thing from the PFA the uh, the Football League whoever um, the social media companies need to take account it's not about getting ad revenue in your bank account and, and boosting your, your bank balance it's about real people interacting children at school you know shouldn't even be on social media at that age but are because they can just lie about their age and create an account sometimes i see parents making an account for their kids at at three four years old which is questionable sometimes um and you just think if that if there's no education there on how to use it properly as they develop and get older that's what starts things like online bullying and uh, you know, fat shaming, uh, racist abuse, sexist abuse, and, and stuff like that. Especially with the things which, which people share and get sent to. Um, even worse things like paedophilia and things like that. It, it it just beggars belief at how easy it is for people to get online and hide behind a fake profile to do these things. And I just hope that it it's that this, in terms of football, is the start of something which does go a long way to um, protect footballers and things like that. I'm going to give you a prime example of how um, tweets and fake profiles can um, damage life and, and damage what you want to do. Many of you will know that years and years ago, um, I used to commentate on games, which was fantastic, loved it, unless Cam plays the bloody clip, um, which I also hate. Um, and at the end of that season, I accepted a job a Derbyshire radio station, which I didn't know which one it was, and I didn't know what team it was covering it to until it was too late. It turned out to be Chesterfield, and it all kicked off. And long story short, I regularly received uh, violent, threatening messages through Twitter, um, including one particular person um, sending me a message saying that my seat is just in front of the press box at Chesterfield. If I see you, I am going to stick a knife in you. And straight away, that makes you not want to continue with your career and makes you paranoid for where when you're walking around and, and looking at people and looking around at people you're thinking is that that person they've said they're going to get me when i least expect it so you're looking over your shoulder and it completely changes the course of your life and it is not acceptable and at the end of the day 95 percent, 99 percent of the abuse and comments and things like that which are directed towards footballers online and are due to a result are due to a opinion of the way they've performed and you've got to ask yourself this question is it worth it because at the end of the day it's just a bloody game <laughs> and it, it it is absolutely mad that it's been able to get to this point so i really really do hope that um something does come from this but it has to be a wider debate. It really does have to be a wider debate. Yeah, hopefully. Like, like I said there uh, a couple of minutes ago, it can't just be a one-week thing, you know. Oh, we, we've done the right thing. We've we've shown that we're doing something about it and then just, just leave it at that because, like I say, I don't think it's that's going to have a... That alone isn't going to make it enough of a difference. It needs to be the... The catalyst it needs to be the start of, of more action 
So um, yeah, that's I think that's the, the hope really. Yeah, uh, to start uh, and to highlight it further about how it impacts your life. This is what eight years ago when this happened after we got promoted into the football league, and there are still times now where I won't go to certain places because of that. The first time we played Chesterfield. Um, away um, when Sir Calvin scored that goal we decided to drive to the game and we parked a couple of streets away and I remember after walking around the street going back to the main road up towards where it was and as we turned the corner there were a load of football fans um, who were not in colours um, had obviously had a few drinks and I'm not saying that alcohol is the main burner behind it or whatever it's obviously Derby Day, everyone's ramped up and I walked around this corner and this per- this bloke went you're Craig Priest aren't you in a really aggressive manner and I was like yeah and then it turned out that this person was a Stags fan in the end but there was a lingering three or four seconds where I'm with my girlfriend at the time. It's just us on our own. I'm thinking, I'm going to get a blade pulled on me here. And that's mad. And even now, eight years on, because this person who sent me that message didn't use their real name, used a, a pseudonym, a fake profile, we were unable to trace who they were. So as far as I know, they could be outside my window right now. But like... I like going to the theatre sometimes. There's something on which I want to see, which is only at Chesterfield Theatre, which is nearby on a date where I can go and not need to have time off work to go and do it. Am I going to go and buy tickets for it and and go and see it? No, because I live in fear that if I post a picture on my social media accounts, even though 90% of them are locked now, that that person could find out where I am and still carry out that threat of what they said eight years ago. And that's a ridiculous place to live and a ridiculous place to be in your mind. And imagine, for, for me, that's, you know, I've, I've grown up and matured and I can throw it off my shoulder. But imagine if you're a footballer getting that on a week by week basis every single day, how ridiculous that is. And it's no wonder sometimes that certain footballers react in the way they do. And it, it beggars belief and... If you're a person that has, has got has been on the, the the end of that of a, a rival fan or whatever saying you know if you come here I, we're going to do this and that report it and take screenshots and do absolutely everything in your power but the one thing you shouldn't do is you should not be silent you should not just let this take in on your own I did and I completely completely regret it because it ruined me it ruined going to watch football i stopped going to some games because of it it ruined the experience and it took a long time to get back there and uh to be able to do things like this so really really if if you are getting those things no matter whether it's racism sexism generic abuse whatever screenshot it and speak to people but please don't let this boy this social media boycott this this weekend be a gimmick that's the fear for me that it will just be a gimmick it needs to be the start of something yeah couldn't agree more it's it's an absolutely ridiculous place to to be in um jody says that's absolutely uh, dreadful um william says they're cowards in my experience they're louder uh, uh the the louder they are the less likely it will happen try not 
uh, try not to let it ruin your day. There's more people on your side, Craig, that have your back. Come on, you stags. Yeah, absolutely appreciate that. And it, it, it's it's great but it, to, to have that and to know that people are out there supporting you. You've got a friend network Sometimes there. Sometimes you just hope that, you know, uh, when it's behind the screen, you hope it's sort of someone trying to be Johnny Big Bollocks and, yeah. and saying things that, you know, they, they don't, you know, hopefully, hopefully, don't mean they're just doing it to get a reaction or doing it to, to scare someone, or or not even really thinking like what they're actually saying, you know. But the problem is because the inability to to trace said person or to have any accountability to it, you don't know. You see, you, it's, it's that doubt, isn't it? You don't know whether that was a genuine threat or a genuine, um, you know, bit of a bit of abuse, or or whether it was some sort of, you know. 15 year old kid sort of that sat behind a keyboard try just being a troll and things like there's no way at the moment of, of ever knowing or tracing it so and i think that's an, an a, another stem to the issue yeah it is and it needs to be sorted i can't even tell you how long we've been on for because i've um for some reason my recording software has decided uh, to stop recording after five minutes um so i'm gonna have to get this show downloaded from somewhere and, and try and get it out in audio form which is going to be great that's really really annoyed me uh it is as well uh, i'm sure I, i'll find a way around it on skype us in this group hour and 35 well there you go uh, which is about right and i think that's probably a, a good time to end it um but yeah it's 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 good to see that something is happening um it's sad to see in some ways because obviously we rely on Twitter. Some people rely on Twitter for, for match updates and things like that. Um, but we will be here as usual with the warm up and the cool down uh, show at the end, mainly because uh, we want to show that whilst we're fully behind this, Nath, 100% behind it, that it can be used as a positive place as well. Yeah, and I, and I think what. You know, we've said about how much we've enjoyed this podcast in particular this season. The fact that we haven't been able to go to games and things like that. Um, you know, we've seen more and more people join us each week, week pre-match, post-match, midweek, what you know, whenever. Um, which which is what the point of the show is: is to bring people together, especially at the time when it's not that possible. So for for us, you know, it's it's been a massive positive, and and there are positive aspects out there. So. Um, yeah, that that also shouldn't be forgotten because of the the actions of a few. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the perfect place to end it as well. Uh, my thanks, as always, to Nathan Edge and to Cam Felton for joining us this evening, and for you guys that have got involved in the discussion as well. We've had plenty to talk about tonight, from Samal Benin to James Perch to Deal or No Deal, and to those who hide behind a keyboard. It's not big. It's not clever, and it's not the right thing to do. Think about what you say on social media. Think about how you use it, and let's continue as a podcast and as a group of people that watch it to showcase that it is it is a positive place 99% of the time and unite together to stamp out that 1%, that spoil it for everybody else. We will see you again on Saturday on match day for the warm-up and for the cool-down post-match reaction show as the Stags take on Oldham at the OneCore Stadium. Make sure you join us then. Have a fantastic remainder of your week. Keep smiling and keep following the journey. Why? Because Mansfield always matters on 
or off the pitch. Good night. And if you're listening to this in audio form, it's frankly a bloody miracle. I'm going to have words with my uh, recording software, honestly. Shocking. I blame Cam. Good night. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.